Happy Radio, episode 377 on April 10th, 2016. And welcome to Craft Beer Radio. This is the number one song 30 years ago? Yes. All right. Now it's going to be stuck in your head the rest of the day. So here we are, going to put on our lab coats, get our microscopes out, and start taking a look at these beers. Welcome to Craft Beer Radio. My name is Greg Weiss. Jeff Barrett. And we have for you some beers from all around. Let's do this ESB. Okay, so we're going to start with Sam Adams sent us their Session Ale. And the reason why it struck our eye is because it's an ESB. Extra special bitter. Now, we always like to try them and see how much they, you know, how close they get to what we like, which is an ESB that is... So to me, an ESB is the opposite of a pale, like the the mirror image of a pale ale, I suppose. Um, it has more, like where a pale ale has, it's a very balanced beer that's more hop forward mm-hmm. than malt. Right. Uh, an ESB is a balanced beer that's more malt forward than hop. Yeah, I think that's a good way to describe it. I remember when I was first getting into beer, like extra special bitter, yeah, yeah. bitter, yes, that's what I want. Yeah. And then, you know, we tried a few, and I remember having Fuller's on the show, and we were really like blown away like how good Fuller's was when we were comparing oh, like that's the big English brand it's not going to be as good as the craft ones it was one of those like um, Who Garden mm-hmm. it's one of those big brands that is good so we don't see a ton of ESBs uh, especially ones that are traditional style yeah. like I just had I picked up a bottle for personal consumption of Alesmith ESB and drank that it's fine beer but it's not, not a- what I'm looking for in an ESB does, doesn't fit the profile that, that we really come to expect, like out of a fuller. So, hot varieties, East Kent Goldings, Tetnang, Tetnanger, so Nobles. Uh, malt variety, Sam Adams, Two Row Pale Malt, Maris Otter, which is important to have yes. in your ESB, and Honey Malt. Five, uh, 4.7% alcohol by volume. Yeah, that's one of the things I heard uh, from a brewer a couple years ago in the Pittsburgh area, which I'm not sure if it's still accurate or not, but... It's really expensive to get Maris Otter in this part of Pennsylvania because it's almost like how brewers... Well, how how long ago did you hear this? About two years ago. Only two years ago? Yeah. Because, I mean, there are 4,000 breweries in the U.S. I got to imagine that all these mall varieties are out there. Yeah, for some reason, I don't... It, we're kind of in a gap between, like, coverage areas. So you have to get it... You can't Like, you can't order it directly from the... Uh, um, I can't think of the the big English malter. Um, ah, darn it! Anyway, so the color it's a, it's is golden gold, color. Yeah, golden. Very clear, as you would expect. Poured with a moderate head in these um, Spila snifters, the head is falling down pretty quickly. They use uh, the regular Sam Adams ale yeast, which uh, I, I like. I think it's a good ale yeast. The aroma. Is uh, you get some noble hops, you get a little bit of yep. spiciness there. There's some biscuity malt that's backing yes. it up. So you're getting something that's kind of like a sweet roll or something like that. Uh, I like the, the, the spicy uh, hop note on there, the noble mm-hmm. stuff. You can really detect that. Pretty bitter on the flavor. Mm-hmm. I would have expected a little more malt backbone to it. 
finish is pretty dry. Hmm. You know, they use the tetanang hops, you know. you. I, I don't think that's, you know, completely off base, but, you know, you would expect something Fuggles or um, East Kent Goldings would be a bigger component than an in a ESB. Well, I mean, East Kent Goldings was number one. Oh, there? was it? Oh, mm-hmm. I think, okay. I'm sorry. I misheard what you said. So, it kind of reminds me of a... Um, the malt that's coming to mind is bagel for some reason. That, that's okay. that's it's, it's it's kind of a sweet malt, but there's a little bit of um, there's a lot of sort of bitterness coming up. It, it's it's yeah more bitter than I would expect. Uh, so maybe they're reading into the whole bitter <laughs> line a lot, or, mm-hmm. or or they're playing that up for an American uh, audience. I, I'm not sure. It, it doesn't it doesn't it's not like a Fuller's. Not what I remember a Fuller's being. Right. Yeah, I remember. You know the SPs that I'm looking for have a little have more malt character than this. You know more balance. This mm-hmm. one is definitely on the drier, yeah, bitter hoppy side of of the fence, and it does. I'm, I'm tasting mostly the the noble type flavors in the hops, more spicy, uh, a little bit uh, straw like, and not really the earthy, grassy you know flavors mm-hmm. of, of Fuggles or East EKGs. I like the, the honey malt in there. I think is, is giving it some extra sweetness. I, I I'm a fan of the flavor. It's just it, it it strikes me as weirdly, like you said, a little a little more bitter than I'm than maybe the the malt has enough to to get through. I I, I feel like I expect a little bit more sweetness to come out of it. Hmm. But I'm I'm actually liking sort of what what lays on my tongue when it's finished. Mm-hmm. Thomas Fawcett is the maltster I was trying to think of. He's like, they're the maltsters for Maris Otter, more or less. Mm. It has a slight, maybe it is the Maris Otter, but it has a slight um, quality that, that's, that's different than, than normal malt. It has a little bit of a of a note that's similar to, it's not the same thing, but it's similar to like how buckwheat has a little bit of a... Okay twang on it that, that's sure. different from regular wheat or rye has a spice on it that's different from regular barley right you know as I'm drinking this it's starting to taste more and more like a session IPA mm-hmm. you know with the low malt character um, it's 5.0 alcohol by volume so you know but you it's know it's 4.7 label says 5.0 hmm. uh, what I was going to say is you know those those IPAs that are 4 4.2 Kind of have that um, bit of um, the malt's a little bit more gritty or grainy yeah. taste on your tongue. You know, maybe like a maybe like say chaff or something, chaffy or something like that. And as I drink it, it, this is kind of feeling this way. It doesn't have that big smooth body that I expect to from you know mm-hmm. my favorite kinds of ESBs. Yeah, it's unfortunate. I'd love to get a great like ESB that you can get get a lot of. Yeah, I don't think this is a bad beer, Brandy Means, but if you're looking for something to be Fuller's like, uh, this is not the beer. But it's interesting. Yeah, it is. It's it's a session ale. Mm-hmm. I mean that that's the big label, and the small label was ESB, and maybe we just were wishing too hard yeah. that it was going to be a really good ESB. Mm-hmm. 
So it's a limited release. See if you like it. Yep. All right. I guess we'll go to the Abita next. Abita. So another session now, this time directly saying that they're a session IPA. This is 40 IBU, 40, 4.5% alcohol by volume from, uh, coming from Abita. Thank you, Abita. Hopped with Cascade, Amarillo, Centennial, and Simcoe. This is the Big Easy IPA. So this is along the line of the, uh, what would you call this, 1.5 IPA? Oh, at uh, four and a half? No, no, uh, like, oh. if oh, one oh. Is, is Cascade and Centennial, okay, right, and, and two is, like, Amarillo, Simcoe, uh, okay, right. Chinook, those things, and then three is the Galaxy, Bravo. Um, oh, this is Gen 2, you know, yeah. Gen 2, because it has the Simcoe and Amarillo in it. No, doing Cascade Amarillo Centennial and Simcoe. That, yeah, it's clearly a second yeah. generation. <clears throat> oh, yeah. Lots of orange. Grapefruit. Mm-hmm. Yeah, it, it smells pretty citrusy on the nose. There's a... Um, here, yeah, it is, but... <laughs> it's getting more orangey as I smell it. Yeah. Like, no, it's warming up a little bit. It's really putting out big orange flavors. Aromas, I mean. So another one of these session IPAs that we keep seeing a whole bunch of that are basically uh, alcoholed like, like pale ale, but have a lot of hop character in the front, and that's sort of the new mm-hmm. definition of session IPA. Right. This one hits you with a lot of hop flavor right up front. It almost has the, almost like that when you get that like hop candy type sweetness. Yeah, there's a it, it's almost there, but then the bitterness kind of drags it back away from that hop candy type flavor. But you, so you're getting that kind of candied orange for a brief moment, and then it, it kind of pulls puts more pith in there, and you don't quite get to the hop candy. I think this fits well with what. With that definition, you know, as long as brews are going with that mm-hmm. of, of session, because it does have like the the hop juice thing coming through, but then yeah. it doesn't. Then it pulls back a little bit, doesn't go overboard with the alcohol. You know, I wouldn't call it sessionable. At four point five, it, it it runs the it runs the risk of being sessionable. I guess you right. could say it is close enough. But it you know some of these session IPAs come up to five, even like five point five. I've seen so. Mm-hmm. Uh, but yeah, this is this is a pretty good example of I think what a lot of brews are going for. Yeah, there's a ton of hop flavor in this thing. It's it's good. The um, I think some of that amarillo is coming through, mm-hmm. and it's it's well done. It's not coming across catty or anything like that, but it's it's kind of giving a little bit of. How do I want to say? Well, it's giving a little kind dim- of a kind of like a a chalkiness or something like that. Maybe I think it's giving a little bit of dimensionality to the grapefruit. It doesn't, it okay. doesn't you know from from the centennial, so it doesn't like go full on pith. Right. Um, so it gives it a little bit of these pine notes, uh, just to to make it so yeah you don't go just to full pithy stuff. Okay. I think it's, it's being used well here. The Amarillo and the Simcoe. Mm-hmm. It's not anywhere near dank mm-hmm. or sulfury, oniony. No, I'd love to see like mosaic and galaxy being used <laughs> in one of these. You can't use it in every beer. 
Or can you? <laughs> can you? They don't make enough to use it in every Probably year. Probably not. Probably not. But that was when, when I was... They are tasty hops. You know, I was talking to people when I was away in Tucson about beer, and the this new sort of wave of IPAs comes up a lot when I talk about it, because there's, there's two types of... There's two types. Well, there's... Generally, when I talk about IPAs, you you get one of two reactions. One mm-hmm. is somebody's like, "Oh, I just don't like IPAs at all," and the other is, "Oh, I love big hoppy beers." And yeah. so that so we, you and I, are coming from a whole third direction, right. which is well. When I was doing those beer things for work, right, mm-hmm. the the kind of IPA I tried to put in the tasting flight was the Gen 3 IPA. And the way I described it, and I probably told you this, I probably told all the listeners this, but it's not as apparently bitter mm-hmm. as you think, as, you know, the people that, those type 1 people, right, who don't right. like IPAs, don't like bitter beer. These beers aren't as apparently bitter. You know, the, an IBU is not an IBU in that case. And then these great tropical flavors are coming through. So, yeah, that's, if you're doing a tasting flight, for a bunch of non-beer people or just beer newbies, I think that's a surefire. If you can find one of those mosaic-type IPAs, that's the way to go. But there's a class of people, those that they're in that number one, right, the people who don't mm-hmm. like hot beers, that are what we were a couple of years ago. They're past, and, and what we kind of are, they're past that hoppy stage. It's not that they don't like beer. It's just they're past that hoppy stage of beer, and they, they're like, well, we you know I've had all these IPAs, and they all kind of taste the same. Mm-hmm. And it's like, well... Yes, but now people are doing really great new things with hops, and the IPA style is really getting revitalized. So you can look and you can find these great IPAs with with these great new hop varieties. Right. Yeah, I'm actually tasting the Amarillo much more strongly in here, and it's coming across... I can't think of a food that really is... How I wanted to describe it, though. There's a... Maybe a touch of some kind of bitter green, like a Swiss chard or something like that. Mm. It's not. It's not the. It's not the majority of the flavor. I'm just working on a bit of nuance well, here. Well, I mean, that would make sense. So they are a sulfury hop, yeah, yeah. and those bitter greens have that, that sulfur bite. Mm-hmm. So that is that makes sense to. Yeah. There's something a little more. Yeah, and the blend is. Yeah, so Swiss chard's like way too bitter for me, but it's part of that. You know, sweeten that up a little bit. Mm-hmm. And then bring in a little bit of, I don't know, some, like some kind of flower petal or something like that. Maybe maybe dandelion. Touch of dandelion or something like that. Dandelion greens, maybe. Mm. That might be it. That was the Abita Big Easy IPA. The first two beers were provided by the breweries. What's next? What do you do? What do we do next? There's I think a, we have to go to the Russian River next. So this is a wild ale. But yeah, bourbon okay. and... The thing is, it's probably not like that pink drink that was like the most sour thing ever, right? I mean, mm-hmm. that was a bad flight order a couple shows ago. I can't imagine this beer is going to be right. that sour. So this is, I brought I picked this up when I went to Russian River. This is Sonoma Pride Downhauer. So Sonoma Pride is a, a side project of Natalie and Vinny Siluruzo. Siluruzo? C-I-L-U-R-Z-O. Chilurzo. I think 
I, I, I would think I could normally say it, but now that you've tainted me, mm. <laughs> Chilurzo. 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 That's, that, that sounds yes. about right. Uh, they named Downhower after Florian Downhower, one of the most significant people to ever cross paths with the hop-growing industry. Uh, there's a whole stuff you can read on, on SonomaPride.com if you want to. 6 point, 6% alcohol by volume. It's a copper-colored, well-hopped, domesticated wild ale, but not an IPA. So domesticated wild ale. Okay. So <laughs> restra- wild ale, but restrained is, is what I'm... Yeah, well, I mean, yeah. Vinny, you know, he's been making beers with bugs for years, right? Yeah. So, I mean, all of his favorite strains, he's domesticated. You yeah. know, it's not like he's doing a cool ship in the backyard for, you know, he probably does on occasion, yeah. but not all the beers. So it says they use Brett yeast uh, in the bottle conditioning process. So that's bottle condition with Brett, right? Yeah, so the color is copper. There is a sort of uh, wifty head, which... Um, the the way it, it it sort of has a, a bit of bubbly quality on one side and no quality on the other gives me an idea that there's bread in there just from looking at it. But that could I mean that could be other things responsible for that. I haven't even smelled it yet. But it does smell like bread. It doesn't smell like huge bread though. No, but you know, there is yeah. There's a minor bread. The the hops are still coming through. The hops. Are I kind of uh, they're a little spicy and a little fruity in the aroma. So it, it kind of felt at first it felt a bit like um, Hallertau, and then now that I smell it, there's something that's. So this is about almost a year ago. This is about on June third. June, yeah. So this had to be about a year to develop. This bottle on our anniversary, Greg. Was June third our anniversary? Yeah, or was fifth. June third. Okay. Well, they, this they, was bottled on just the tenth anniversary of Craft Beer Radio. It was just for us. Well, I should have saved it. <laughs> <laughs> it smells good. It smells. Um, there's a little bit of bread. The malt's coming through. It, it's kind of... There's actually a fair amount of sweetness on the malt, but a little bit... Uh, a little bit of wheat or um, like a, a wheat cracker or something like that. But then the hops, I'm still trying to figure it out because I still get like... I'm getting pulled in two directions. The aroma smells a bit hallertau and you know, a little bit spicy, but not quite zot spicy. But then there's something that's kind of almost like a... Almost like cherry or something like that, like a fruit. Uh, I don't love cherry, but it's not. It's not any of the fruits that we normally use that I can think of as adjectives. You know, it's not mango passion fruit. It's not citrusy. It's not. It's a little bit melon-like. Uh, oh, yeah. Okay, cantaloupe or something mm-hmm. like that. Yeah, melon. Yeah, I'll go with cantaloupe. But with a little bit of a strawberry twang to yes. it. Yes, yes. Thank you. I was looking just to see what is June 3rd. And then I realized as I was looking at it, well, it was Friday. But then I looked at it. Oh, wait. We'll be at Saver. You won't be. Right. But Nick and I will be at Saver, so. Womp, womp, womp. 
Yeah, Jeff has things to do. Jeff has family obligations. Yeah, kids are only little ones. So. All right, let's give this a taste. Very nice. It, it overall impression it tastes like a uh, Belgian IPA, like a Oblong Schuf or something like that. Uh, the hops kind of and the flavor have a little bit more of a musty taste to mm-hmm. them, and there's a fair amount of the Brett's not the big part of the no, character. No, there is. Other Belgian type esters coming off of. I, I see this. what they're saying by domesticated wild ale. I mean, they, uh-huh. they take the features of a wild ale. They can go crazy, mm-hmm. and they're really reined in. So you get a lot of this kind of a lot of these fruity stuff. A lot of slightly, um, slightly, you know, Brett. A little bit of leatheriness, but mm-hmm. not like a whole lot. But just just enough to to broaden the bouquet of the beer a little bit. And give a basically a pale ale that has a lot more coming from the yeast than you're used to. So instead of just getting a, a sort of baseline sweetness mm-hmm. or sort of baseline fruitiness, you're getting a lot of these extra, it's like potpourri-ish stuff that's really coming from the yeast. Yeah. Where that normally is not where a lot of the character of an ale is coming from. Yeah, I mean, to me, if I was tasting this blind, I would think that I would peg this in the Belgian IPA mm-hmm. type category. The hops are there. They're a little bit musty. The and the reason why is because a Belgian IPA well uses a Belgian yeast and you get more fruity stuff, yes. so it makes sense. And also, they don't really they don't make the hops sparkle, mm-hmm. right? They kind of muddy them a bit, you know. And it's not I don't want to make that sound like it's always a bad thing, but you're not going to get, um, you know, like Headhunter or you know, yeah, super bright sparkly hops. With Belgian yeast, they, they, they're at odds with each other. They just do different things to the hops. Mm-hmm. And uh, that's kind of what's happening here. But it's, it's a very elegant, I mean, I would say it's, I would say elegant. In elegant the is a good, is, there's is a, a good lot idea. of nuance there. Like you said, bits of potpourri here and there. And um, you can get, like, I'm getting some, like, it almost seems like I'm get, like I'm eating, like, a, a muffin or a roll. And there's, like, um, Little little spots of extra like sweet stuff. Like I'm getting these like things on my tongue where like oh that's really sweet and but the rest of the beer mm-hmm. has more bitterness to it. It's, it almost seems like it's isolated in spots. It's a very interesting beer. It's not, um, it's not a, it's not a like great drinker. It's it's more of a explore. You know, t- sip mm-hmm. and explore. Yeah. It's yeah. So it's not like. I wouldn't recommend the level I would with like Blind Pig, where that was that was awesome. Right. But it was it is very very good and has a lot of quality to it that you can really enjoy and, and sink your teeth into and, and explore. So I like that. I do too. That was the Sonoma Pride um, Dauenhauer. So hey, do you want to help out the show? Yeah, I want to help out the show. Well, i got a great way to do it. How's that? You can, uh, well, you can send money directly to us, I suppose. That would <laughs> work. There's PayPal send links. Send us cash. There's PayPal links on our website. You know, that's the yeah. easy way to send money. But, I mean, we don't expect you to do that. We totally understand. But you got to buy stuff, right? You have to. 
Buyers gotta buy stuff. That's what you do. And uh, if you're anything like me, you buy all the stuff you can on Amazon. It's cheap. It gets right to you. You don't have to go to stores and yeah. deal with annoying people. And would you rather go to Walmart or shop on Amazon? But don't go to Amazon.com. Go to craftbeerradio.com slash Amazon. You'll go directly to your favorite Amazon.com. But... And none of the hassles of shopping at Walmart. And none, none of the hassles of, of having 6% of that money go to Jeff Bezos. Instead, it goes to us. Yes. You know, because they're not going to give you the discount. Mm-hmm. But you can choose who you give that 6% to. You can give it to us. You can give it to another podcast. Somebody another, else. Another thing you like. I mean, you don't have to choose us all the time, but hey, maybe you choose us sometimes. Yes. Sounds good. And maybe you get a kazoo. Someone buy a box of kazoos for Amazon Anonymous. That'd be great. <laughs> Craftbeerradio.com slash Amazon. All right. Left Coast, Left Coast. Yeah, so we got those beers from Left Coast. This is their barrel-aged... Uh, let's see what... Apelios Ale. Epitios. Epitios Ale. So that's Greek for Anniversary Ale. Okay. All right, so I'm trying to see what is in here. Hot with Centennial and Northern Brewer, 9.5% alcohol volume, 40.4 IBUs. This, that is the regular ale, Epetios. Yes, this is the Coco Imperial Stout version. So this is, yeah, the Coco Imperial Stout version. That is not only age, barrel aged, but aged in version at bourbon and rye whiskey barrels. So, yeah. Uh, I couldn't find actually much about this because it's apparently very limited release. So there's a possibility it's in there's in the papers over there, but I'm I'm not I don't think there there is. All right, beer pour is pitch black, not much head. What's the alcohol on this one? Nine point four was nine point four. It actually the head pour is like a eleven or twelve percenter. The way it was like so sparse when you pour it's it. ten on the bottle. So okay, yeah, and it's there's a lot of that whiskey yeah. coming through on the aroma. Yeah. It's it smells like the barrel wasn't quite empty when yeah. they put the beer in. Yeah, so it's a it's a whiskey. It's a woody flavor. It's um, actually rye. You know, knowing that there's rye. It's it's definitely implanted itself on me, and I'm smelling that little bit more of that that twangy rye spice type aroma on it. I'm just, I mean, I'm kind of very much t- getting the alcohol from the barrel, and that's essentially what I'm getting. I'm looking. I'm looking for the beer underneath it, and I'm getting maybe a little bit of smokiness, but I can't tell whether that's from the barrel or not. Okay, I'm getting notes of cocoa. If you like, they're fleeting right now mm-hmm. with all the barrel um, character. But you know, every once in a while, I'll get this really nice whiff of. It almost smells like you know, a, like a melted chocolate. You know, where it's up, it's up in the air, and you know, really, really volatile. The fact that they call it a cocoa imperial stout makes me think they might have cocoa as an adjunct, but I don't know. That's not necessarily the case. Oh, I would have assumed absolutely. Let's see. On the back. Yes, brew with cocoa nibs, pours black, uh, a deep brown head. 
full body, blah, 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 blah. I was trying to get a little bit of the cocoa and the aroma. As that big whiskey is volatilizing away. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Pretty smooth on the body, not mm. highly carbonated. Um, definitely get some roast and some sweetness, residual sugars from the um, from the high gravity beer. Cocoa is still fluting in the flavor too. You get it, you don't. Like the first sip, I got. The second sip, I didn't get it so much. So I mean, it's it's just a nuance of cocoa. It's not like chocolate milk stout by any stretch yeah. of the imagination. The barrel and the flavor, I think, is pretty well done. It's not it's not sappy. It's not. Too whiskey like, you know, it, 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 it's it's it surprised me because I would not have expected that from the aroma. Yeah, I, it's it's very yeah. powerful in the aroma, mm-hmm. but the flavor is much more restrained. And it's I think not it's, hot at all. It's not. Uh, there's not much. It doesn't feel like it's like an overwhelming amount of alcohol. It doesn't feel like a lot of whiskey. It uh, it feels nice and smooth, like you said, with with a good chocolate, you know, decent chocolate notes and. The whiskey is and the barrel are very pared down, mm-hmm. and you get a lot of uh, sort of a creamy stout coming through. It's a, a lot better than I was expecting from the aroma. Yeah, it's good. Um, it seems like the body's a little on the light side for my preference, right? I want something a l- just a touch fuller on this one. I'm okay with it because of the the alcohol level. Okay. Because I think that if it were much fuller, it would start to you might start to feel that alcohol. Yeah, maybe, maybe. I mean, I'm not complaining. I'm just kind of saying, you know. Like I'm comparing, like take this beer. It's not, it's not and, thin. It just doesn't. It doesn't feel like yeah. super mouth. It doesn't have a big mm. chewy mouth. Think of some of the really good imper- barrel aged imperial styles mm-hmm. they've had. Like you know, this compared to Parabola, right? Okay. You know, Parabola has more body. It's yeah. a little more velvety to it. This one's kind of lacking the velvet. It's a little more um, thin in the body. And but short from that, it's it's in the same neighborhood. It's they the managed ballpark. to get a lot of character in there. Yeah. A lot of character, even from from the whiskey itself, but without translating that into just it tastes like whiskey, or mm-hmm. without translating into it just tastes like barrel or oak. So I, I really do appreciate what they were able to do there. The last sip, I got a lot more cocoa than I had in other ones. It kind of comes across as, um, you know, like a, a good hot chocolate, you know, that is cooled down, you know, where you're getting a really intense kind of nib type flavor to mm-hmm. it, not too much of the sugar and, you know, milk chocolate type flavors. I took a nice big sip and I got a lot of nice sweetness out of that. A lot of, um, a lot of good oak barrel that doesn't overwhelm me with oakiness. Um, mm-hmm. so yeah, no, I, I really like the barrel, how it mm-hmm. was applied in the flavor. Uh, it's not too like sappy. It doesn't taste like oak sap. Mm-hmm. It's not too ashy. It's not too boozy. It, it really, Pulls in a lot of the good characters from the oak. And the rye, I think the rye is really apparent in those flavors. It's a little bit more of that, you know, I always have a hard time describing rye. I'm going to kind of take a uh, a play out of your book where you're talking, you take about shapes and colors and stuff. I'm going to talk about a chord, right? Where to me, rye is more of a minor chord. You know, there's a flat note, like a flat note in there. You know, like it's a wah instead of a wah. And I kind of get that kind of minor chord from the rye. I know that's not a flavor thing. But. No, no, it's it, it it it's fine. It's however you perceive it. Um, I'm not as, as experienced with rye whiskey, so I don't really. I, I don't know if I can say exactly what it is. To me, it's it's a slightly more woody character. 
than other whiskeys. Yeah. I mean, I think that's... You know, so, corn is pretty sweet grain, right? Mm-hmm. And a lot of the bourbon stuff is corn whiskey. If you're going to replace that with a rye grain, you know, and really only experience is going to give you that. And yeah, I'm, I'm not really well experienced with rye whiskeys. But, you know, we had that um, rye barrel from uh, Stone, mm-hmm. the the double bastard in the rye. And, you know, I feel like I'm starting to get a handle on rye barrels a little bit better, you know, as of recently. All right, we move on to the last beer of the night. This is a little treat you found out in San Francisco. Yeah, this is really interesting. So we've had this beer before, like... Not this beer. Not not precisely this beer. We've had Adam before from Hair of the Dog. A couple times. Yeah. Oh, we love Adam the times we've had. It's been amazing. So this is Adam brewed in Belgium by Browery de Molen, but by the the Hair of the Dog guys, I think. Uh, Brewed in the Netherlands. Yeah. Not Belgium. In the Netherlands. Sorry. Uh, So this is what their labels look like. All their labels look like this. They're just basically... The, the Demolin ones? Yeah. I was telling Greg before we started, I'm like, you know, this is a guy that is, you know, knows that there's demand for his product, you know. It's a white label. Sure, they used a font. It's not just Arial. But uh, it's like, this is going to sell out in hours. You know, graphic designers, unnecessary. So Adam is essentially, it's an old ale, basically. It, it's it's one of uh, Hair of the Dog's, uh, I think the first beer they produced. And 10% alcohol, around 50 IBUs. It's one of the first old ales I remember having, and it was, wow, it blew me away. This is very dark, has about a finger's worth of head. Uh, 10% alcohol volume. Beer pours moderately cloudy. I probably could have been a little bit more careful decanting it, but I really didn't want to leave too much beer in the bottle. I wanted to drink it. Smoky, smoky in the mm-hmm. aroma. That, at least with the flight coming off of those other beers, you know this one smells really kind of like a beechwood smoke or something along those lines. Something like that. That's a good call. A little, a little. Hmm. There are semesters in there, though. There's something that's like when I really put my nose in and kind of closed it, uh, closed off with it, my hand, I got something that was a little bit floral. There's something a little sassafras-like in there. Sassafras? Okay. I was... Not that I'm an expert in um, banana blossoms, like the flowers prior to banana, but for some reason I smelled and they kind of popped into my head like banana blossoms for some reason. I'm not saying you're wrong because I mean, I, when you say that, I can smell very early banana, right? Yeah. Like, yeah. So, but uh, the, I, I think blossom because I was getting something that was mm-hmm. a little bit polleny as well, yeah. right? And uh, yeah, so it's it's what I think, what I would imagine banana blossoms smell like. What do you hope? I guess what do you hope yes, banana hope. blossoms smell yeah. like. Time to become an expert in banana blossoms. <laughs> It has um, the bo- the body kind of comes across like a uh, quad or something like that, or a Belgian yeah. dark ale. It has kind of a malty up front, kind of like a bread crustiness, 
but then it doesn't have it doesn't have that big sweetness I was expecting. It kind of is a little bit drier throughout. Yeah. I was expecting a lot more fruitiness too, and again, um, really some smoky, some cinnamon, mm-hmm. uh, maybe a little bit, maybe a little nutmeg, and yeah. not a lot of sweetness that I expect from old ales. Right, like, you know, well, the you know, think it's it's, it's brewed from a nether a Danish brewery mm-hmm. close to Belgium. I, I, I'm you know pretty sure this is practically a Belgian brewery, and the water there versus the water in Portland, mm-hmm. you know, will affect. Hop, you know, um, interpret, you know, how it's sure. uh, percepted, and then other things as well. So this definitely feels like it was made in Belgium, where you're, you know, nearby, near near Belgium. It has that uh, kind of quadruple. It doesn't have the sweetness of a quadruple, but if you're just looking at like how the malts in a quadruple come across, you know, without the candy sugar, just the multi part. So you think it's really a water thing? You think it, the the water gave I, it I, that I, kind I, of? It might be equipment thing it might be a process thing it might be a water thing um but it, it's interesting it'd be great to have if we knew we could get the same atom mm-hmm. made with the same ingredient or not maybe not even the same ingredients but the same intended same basic ingredients and like from portland mm-hmm. and from netherlands right and, and then- kind of compare you know it, but i you know we're working off of really old memories yes about yeah. adam but i mean this really does come across to me like a like a belgian strong dark or something like that i agree while it's not the orgasm in a glass that we remember <laughs> adam being it's still really good mm-hmm. the one thing I, i'm i'm regretting is you put a lot of it <laughs> you put yeah. the whole thing uh it's 10% so I can take some off your hands there. We'll see. Not, yeah, not, take your time. Don't take, be so don't be so hasty. Take your, <laughs> <laughs> take your time, man. Um, I'm yeah. It it doesn't live up to my memory. There's a little bit of I mean, so yeah. I mean, I'm getting some like plums and some more like prunes, I guess mm-hmm. prunes and uh, a touch of banana peel in the flavor. Maybe some pear, you know. So we're it almost you know we're getting these Belgian yeah. you know strong dark type mm-hmm. estuary flavors. It's carrying through. I like this. I mean, I don't think it's Adam. I mean, it's not the Adam. It's not the Adam for you from my memory, but our memory is a long time ago and it's been influenced a right. lot since then. So. I understand that. Yeah, I still hope that Adam is still that orgasm in a glass that uh, <laughs> it once was. Hey, our tongues are different now. Yeah, could be, could be. We can never capture that. Magic no, again. No. No, we had lightning in a bottle. And, uh... I think that there's enough differences in the spirit that we can... And, and it really falls in line. It's, it's just a Belgian mm-hmm. version of Adam. And it's it's good. It's very good. It's very good. You're not... It, it, it's, its problem is living up to our expectations <laughs> as opposed to no, how, how much of a Yeah, I mean, is. I'm trying to, you know... Okay, yeah. so from here on, let's just change the story. You know, this isn't yeah. Adam. Right. This is a beer made at... What was the name of the brewer again? The, the Mullen. And it is... A, it's called a collaboration mm-hmm. with an American brewery and a Belgian brewery in Belgium. And it's... Uh, you know, an old ale slash strong dark. Mm-hmm. 
Forget that Adam is yeah. on the label. So I would say I'm not I'm not getting the old ale things I'm getting. I'm getting more like more like a a, a cinnamon roll. Yeah. That that is the the big thing that comes out of this with with some extra stuff coming onto it. It's, it's more like a big alcoholic cinnamon. Roll. Yeah, for some reason the the lusciousness the the big not just sweetness but um, the the full bodiedness the. Um, Imagine a Cinnabon just dripped in right. alcohol. <laughs> but, you know, that, that could be all the things we talked about, right? Yeah. It could mm-hmm. be the water. It could be uh, process and fermentation or malting or mashing. I'm sorry, mashing. Or uh, maybe they use the house yeast, you know. you know, Maybe they use the more neutral Belgian yeast or, nor, you know, a Danish yeast. And it gives just a little bit of those esters to it or something Or like maybe that. just maybe. I mean, this was then taken from the, from the Netherlands to America I got it in San Francisco and then took it <laughs> from San Francisco to here. Maybe that had something to do with it. I, I maybe the travel hurt it. In I, I still like it. For me, it's uh, it's still gonna be the top beer of the night. It it's a it's up there, but I don't know whether it's the top beer or not. There are three that are, that are I think in in the running for top beer. Not yeah. necessarily the three you think. Uh huh. All right, let's well, get on to probably two of them that you think, but <laughs> right, one right. that might not. Be. Let's get on to the rankings. So for me, I'm going to stick the Sam Adams Session Ale in last place. I I gave it pretty lofty expectations for the beer that it is because it says extra special bitter as the subheader, mm-hmm. and I was like, well, Sam Adams knows how to make good beer, and they do make good beer often, and if someone's going to make a true to style ESB. I would think Sam Adams is in the running for that, so I put lofty expectations on them. Um, this beer tasted more, as I especially as I got through my six ounce sample, it was more and more like a session IPA with some continental hops, and did not live up to my expectations of an ESB. In fourth place, I'm going to put the Big Easy IPA from Abita. Uh, I thought it was good. I, I liked the hop characters it it gave something that was almost that hop candy you know candied orange type sweetness but had some more nuance to it the amarillo came through as it warmed up i like the story that it told uh just you know the other beers pulled out you know in the final legs of the race there um i'm in a belgian mood tonight so i'm gonna put the barrel aged um Bluff Coast in third place. I like this a lot. I thought they did a really good job implementing the barrels. I would have liked a little more body, a little more velvety or lusciousness in the stout, but um, definitely one of the uh, the best beers that, that Left Coast had sent us in their sample. Um, second place, I'm going to put the Sonoma Pride, Russian River. Um, that had a ton of nuance, really delivered a lot of stuff. Belgian character, kind of like a Belgio IPA. I really like just about everything that was going on in there. I can't think of anything I really didn't like. But this Adam uh, from uh, Demolin, you know, it's not Adam. It's not necessarily an old ale. It's a Belgian strong dark. and But I really like what it's bringing to the glass. I like the prunes. I like that touch of banana. I like the... Um, what else was I tasting in there? The other thing I really didn't like about it as much was the big smoky aroma that I got mm-hmm. in the very beginning. But uh, I don't notice that now that I'm tasting it, you know, that it's not bothering me. But, it, you know, it seemed a little over smoky on the nose. But taste made up for it. 
Okay, so my rankings. Uh, I'm going to agree with you on number five. I think the Sam Adams is is in last place. I yeah, expected more of an ESB, right? I expected it to be maltier and and, and give me something mm-hmm. you know, more. And it was more sort of spicier than I expected. Yeah, I mean, the last thing I wanted there was another session IPA, mm-hmm. and that's what it was closest to. Mm-hmm. Number four, I'm actually going to put the Sonoma Pride, and really, it just. It, I, I liked it. I thought it was, it was really distinctive and interesting. But the more I had of it, the more I was like, well, I mean, I could see this as, as something that you enjoy, but not as something that you really enjoy. Okay. <laughs> there was sure. there was like there was very interesting aspects to it, but um, there were some rough edges, and I kind of felt like in front of it was the abita. I I liked what the abita was doing in terms of giving me those flavors. It was giving me what, you know, the archetypical, I think, or, or close to the archetypical session IPA, what, what what brewers want to do when they're doing that, which is give you this mm-hmm. IPA flavor or a lot of hot flavor at a lower alcohol. Right. Uh, so I, I, I think that was really enjoyable. I think it was it was well done. I'm going to put the hair of the dog in second place. And the reason I'm doing that is because it really was, it wasn't just competing against the beers that were here. It was competing against the memory. And I, I mean, it really right, was. Right, no, I hear what you're saying. And it didn't live up to the memory. It, it, it Does didn't. anything ever, though? Sometimes. Sometimes some of those are better. Yeah. Uh, and, and it's. Well, I per se, Back to the Future lived up to my memory uh-huh. of Back to the Future. So. And so, it, you know, the, the, the memory is from an earlier time when I didn't have nearly as much experience with beers as I have now. Uh, I don't know whether that beer that I had would still would taste the same, like would taste like I remember it. Uh, but still, the, this didn't. It didn't eclipse what I felt I was getting from the left coast, which okay. again had another had an issue with its aroma. But as you said, so did the hair of the dog. Mm-hmm. But the flavor from the left coast I thought was great. I really did think it came through with exactly what it was going for. Uh, and I got all those little qualities that they wanted me to get from it. Um, so with Left Coast, didn't have I didn't have a a memory block. Okay, I did with Hair the Dog, so that's why Left right. Coast wins. Sounds good. It was a good beer. It was mm-hmm. definitely the best beer of the Left Coast Left Coast samples that yeah. were sent. It was really good, and um, it was funny. You know, before we started the show. Talked to Greg, and we had these beers out. We didn't have the Russian River in the initial lineup. Mm-hmm. And I'm like, one of these beers is not like the other. You know, we thought the Atom was going to destroy it because Atom yeah. has been so good. And it turns out that the Atom that was in that bottle was not the Atom we anticipated. Right. And it didn't even win Greg's rankings. And for me, it won for a completely different reason. Mm-hmm. So that's why we drink the beers. That that's why, why you play the games. This is a weird song. Wow. Yeah. So if you want to rock Craft Beer Radio, you can rock us via Twitter at Craft Beer Radio, at Jeff Bear. At CBR Greg, I guess. What is this? It's the original single version of Yeah, yeah, there was this part in there, a little history lesson. I remember this. Wow. Yeah. Poor and Falco wants to make you smart and appreciate whatever they got paid big bucks to make a 
musical advertisement for the movie. I I suppose it's weird. God, this is weird. Womp womp. Wait, what you, Mozart dies? Is that what you said? <laughs> Craft Beer Radio is released under the Creative Commons license. You can visit craftbeerradio.com for more information. Rocking Alma Davis is not released under the Creative Commons license. No. So, you know. But this is criticism. Yes, there we go. Uh, email, Twitter. Good thanks song. for listening. We love you all. And uh, tune in again next week. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs>